You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. You can find more information about Battle Ready and Addison Free Will Baptist Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash Battle Ready Bible Study. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says. Welcome back. (laughs) Hello to us. Hello to you, not us. We're good. We are in Second Chronicles. We're going to, I've got verse, uh, chapter 33, verse 18. I've got to start here when we come back to that. But I first want to say welcome to everybody. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I want to send out some prayer requests for the folks in our church. We have quite a few people right now that are out sick with sinus and COVID and just general this time of year weather. So I hope if you are home that you're mending and getting better. We've had some special prayer requests for some folks, so um, if you're watching and you're from Addison, or if you're watching and you're not from Addison, try to just remember to say a prayer for the people. This is a difficult time for a lot of people around the holidays all by itself without having any illnesses on top of that. So we are in Second Chronicles. We're really close to the end. We're really close to the end of the book of Chronicles, but we've been through several kings and... We go from good to bad to bad to bad to good, and we just keep going back and forth in that. And I just want to, I don't know how you want to start tonight's lesson, but one of the things that I thought about a lot when I was reading this is how we go from generation to generation, and one will be great and one will be bad, and then one will be sort of good, and then the next one will be really good, and the next one will be horrible. And it just kind of bounces back and forth. So I just wanted to lay that out there before we start. But go ahead and start however you wanted to. <clears throat> well, why don't we just start by reading in verse 18 and finish up this chapter. Okay, so we're, that's second, you do. so we're in Second Chronicles. We're in chapter 33. We've been talking about Manasseh, who follows Hezekiah, who Hezekiah was a good king. Manasseh is a horrible king, does terrible, awful things, says it's even, he's even worse, I believe it says, than the people they... Um, ran out when they took over the land. When God sent them in to take the land, they were worse. He did worse than they did. Mm-hmm. So verse 18 of chapter 33 says, Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and his prayer unto his God and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also and how God was entreated of him and all his sin and his trespass in the places wherein he built high places and set up groves and graven images before he was humbled. Behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house, and Amon his son reigned in his stead. Do you want to stop there? Keep going. Keep going. Amon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father, for Ammon sacrificed unto the carved images which Manasseh his father had made, and served them, and humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. And I'm sorry, I keep saying it different ways, but it, I just I don't know why I do that. And his servants conspired against him and slew him in his own house. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. So now we're at the we're starting now in chapter thirty four. I don't know what's your thought. I always I I've thought this. I thought this this morning when we when I was going through this. 
you had Jeroboam who was bad and you had Rehoboam and then you have, we went through all these different kings and we've talked about how all these different kings show us that human leadership is flawed and that even the best of them do not the right things. Uzziah offers a sacrifice and becomes a leper. I mean, just on and on and on. And I know we're comparing that to the king to come. But what I what I got stuck on this morning when I was looking through this is how you can't judge what the next person's going to be by who their father was or who <laughs> their parents were because they might have done this, but this guy doesn't always do the right thing. And then the next guy might not do the right thing, and his son might be a great warrior like King David. I just I don't know. I've seen I've heard people say, "Oh no, no, no. If you if your grandparents were this and you've got to be that." And this doesn't prove that out at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. What the thing that I've wrestled with today <laughs> about this story is that while it seems over and over and over throughout the book of 1st and 2nd Chronicles that someone came on the scene and did as horribly as they could do. Mm-hmm. That none of this came as a surprise to God. Nope. And from the very beginning and before the beginning, God told them exactly what would happen and how it would end. And like we're here at Christmas time this week at home, we read about uh, Mary and Joseph taking baby Jesus to the temple to dedicate him. And when they walk in the door, there's a priest there named Simeon. And Simeon mm-hmm. says, "Lord, you can kill me now." All I wanted to do was to see your Messiah, the consolation right? of Israel. Mm-hmm. This one who was going to the consolation means the healing of, mm-hmm. the bringing back together. Not all the way through this book, we've seen kings that were good kings. Yes, try to bring the consolation of Israel together, and they, they they've tried it. to make the northern kingdom come back under mm-hmm. the headship of the temple it seemed and like, of the government in Jerusalem that God established. And it seemed like for some of them, that was a specific task. That that, they they're really like, that's all I have do. left to do is to bring that consolation mm-hmm. of Israel together. Get it together. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that. <coughs> Excuse me. In pieces, that'll be done. And even in this story we're going to say today, but who will actually bring the kingdom together is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Not only will he be the consolation of Israel, He'll be the consolation of every tribe on the planet that has submitted themselves to Mm -hmm. his authority. And they'll come under that. But I was thinking, you you brought it up when you first came in here today about 1 Corinthians or 1 Kings chapter 13. Mm -hmm. When you wanted to give, I want to talk about that. Because before we even start, Mm -hmm. God says, there's a little boy coming named just Josiah. Josiah. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be king. And here's what it's going to look like. Here's what it's going to be like. Why do I say that? Because. Simeon knew. How long had they been looking? Well, over for the one years, to come. More right? than that. Because Remain, since Genesis 3.15, yes. we have been looking for a Savior. You know what no, struck but, me? But, I, I went to a play. When we went on vacation recently and I was in uh, Tennessee, I was listening to them act out part of the Christmas story. I think this goes together. Mm-hmm. And they had Mary portrayed. The angel comes to Mary and tells her, that she's going to have a child. And on the screen, they have Mary worried and questioning and upset. And how can this be? How can you ask me to do this? And I thought, that is not what Mary said. That's not what she said. In now the she book. said, no. how can this be? How's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then she turns around and says, Mary knows about the prophecy. Mary knows that there's one coming. And she knows what he's supposed to do. And she knows what power he's going to bring and authority he's going to bring. And she goes, how could you? 
bestow such an honor <laughs> on me, your handmaid. And I've seen that. You know what and I, and I'm I've like, seen that in a meme on, on Facebook the other day. It was, Mary, did you know? Yes. She did. She did. She didn't know everything, how it was going <laughs> to work out. Like, just like she didn't know, how am I going to be with child mm -hmm. from the Holy Ghost? How's that going to work? She didn't know exactly what, how Jesus was going to do it, but she knew who he was mm -hmm. and what she was being asked to do, right? Mm -hmm. Simeon knew. The minute and he it, sees that baby, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. lets him know, mm -hmm. this is the one. Well, and when right? I said 400 years, I'm thinking just from my, just where my mind was, Simeon and Jesus, Simeon sees Jesus. It's been 400 years since they've had since any, they have any inspiration at all. Any Holy Spirit mm -hmm. interaction. Oh, well, I, I don't want to say that, but it's scripture. recorded for scripture. There's, yeah. Those are the 400 silent years. And then you've got all these kings. I mean, we're going to go 103 years from Uzziah. Mm -hmm. into uh, this this king you're getting ready to talk about in First Kings. but Anna. Yeah, same thing. Anna has been 84 years a widow serving in the temple. 84 years serving. Mm -hmm. She was married before that. Mm -hmm. So how old is this woman? 100 years old? Close to 100 years old? Mm -hmm. And when she sees that baby, mm -hmm. she knows who it she is. She knows exactly who it is because she's been waiting on him. Mm -hmm. She knows about him. She knows what he's supposed to do. And she goes all, she's a prophetess, the Bible mm -hmm. says. She goes all through Jerusalem saying he's here. He's here. And they, and you know what? They know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't forget. And they, they know. And I, and I came <laughs> over today when I was, when I was, like I said, I got stuck on this. You can't, just because of who your, who your grandfather is mm -hmm. or who your mother is, it doesn't mean anything. You still have to be, you have to decide what path you're going to take. The thing that, I don't know if I can say it the same way. I said it, I told it to you today when we were in the parade. But it really boils down to you either believe in God or you don't. Mm -hmm. There is no middle ground. There is no middle place. where, And, and that's kind of what I think some of these chapters are intending to show you is here or here. Which, to, where are you? To me, this account of Josiah mm -hmm. is a mini Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And it's also a mini Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Is. Josiah is this one that comes and reminds us after all the ups and downs of First and Second Chronicles. I think this part of the Bible is extremely sad. I feel like weeping when I read this because this nation, this baby nation that God made out of slaves, that he made out of nobody would have thought out could have done anything. The family of Abraham. Everything that happened to them, he made happen. He brought them from mm -hmm. Egypt into the mm -hmm. promised land. He taught them as he'd have them to know how mm -hmm. to live. He gave them the victory. He gave them the judges. Mm -hmm. He gave them the law. All these things that he's built, he's given them. Every time they were in trouble, they called and he answered. Answer them out. But they'd go deeper and deeper into sin and, and regress farther and farther back every time that they got their own way. But I'm thinking, here we are at the end. Well, but don't, we're at the end for a long time. Now, don't forget of too, this and that's why I was trying to find out what time. I was trying to find. Because when we're in First Kings chapter thirteen, we're at Jeroboam. We're at where this that's started. Where it starts. This that's, is where the kingdom split. That's the division between and at that Solomon's point, son so and the northern kingdom. If you're watch, if you're with us, just turn your Bible for just a second to First Kings chapter thirteen. Because when the kingdom split, this when is Rehoboam did 250 his thing, years, then note in my and Bible says, point. before mm -hmm. King Josiah is born, 250 years, years before passed. that, mm -hmm. this is what, this, this this is is what was is. written of him. And that's what I was trying to find out when I came in here. Is how, I was trying to count back and see how many years it was. 250 years. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about where we were 250 years ago as a nation, there's a lot of things right now that nobody... 
things that were written 250 years ago, the United States has decided... The Pilgrims landed in 1620. But the United States has decided that... So we're about 400 years, but yeah. But what? But, but my changes, point is, yeah. is, but the things that were written even 250 years ago in the United States, yeah. people have already decided that didn't mean anything, right. and that's not true, and we can't do this. But this is scripture saying 250 years before this baby's even born, and the kingdom is very first split... God says to Jeroboam, And behold, there comes a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar in burnt, to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto thy house, unto to the, the house, house of David, Josiah, Josiah by name. And upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon them, upon so thee. There's more than a few places where God sends a man of God to call out by name mm -hmm. someone who's coming. He does. He did it with King Cyrus. We've already mm -hmm. seen that. Well, he does it with Jesus. He's going to do it with, he did it with John. I mean, but this and is 250 years What he years says before. about Josiah is he's going to be this king that comes from David, but it also says the judgment that he's going to mm -hmm. bring on these false prophets. They're, he's going to burn their bones on this altar. Je when Jeroboam starts out being king of the north, when the nation splits mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. king in Israel in the north, he doesn't originally start as pagan worship or idol worship or Baal worship. He makes calves that he puts in Dan and he puts in Bethel to worship the God Jehovah. But he does And he's want offering them. incense to Jehovah. And now, he's wrong in every way to do it this way. But also... But that's where he starts. He said, but verse, here's where it ends. But the next verse says, on the altar. Jeroboam says, puts his hand out mm -hmm. to say, don't be saying that. And right. his hand withers, withers up and he can't use it. Yeah. And then he turns around and he says, okay, 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 man of God that just told me this stuff that I didn't want to hear, heal my hand. And he does. Mm -hmm. And part of me wondered, wonder why he didn't just leave it withered. It was a, it was a proof of what he had said. Mm -hmm. And Jeroboam is, is we've talked about that so much in the past, but I think it, it warrants to be said again. He is not saying God's not God. He is saying, I'm going to do it my way. I got it. Because yeah. I don't need somebody to tell me how to worship God. I don't need somebody to show me what this says, or here's what the law said. I get it. He's not going to mind. God's not going to care if I do it this way. Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Before any sin is committed, mm -hmm. there's a warning. Don't do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a warning. And the warning was, you can eat anything, you can do anything you want to do, just don't eat from that one tree. Before one nail is picked up and hammered, before one drop of rain falls, there's a warning. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. For Abraham, there's a warning. Mm -hmm. 400 years, your descendants are going to be in bondage. 400 mm -hmm. years, and God's going to this bring them. This is where they're going. There's a warning. He lets him know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He does the same thing with Moses. Here's what's going to happen. He does. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen. <laughs> they're Moses, not going to listen to you. And Moses, by the time he's an old, old man, and yeah. before he dies, he's he's smart enough to realize, you know what? God's right. They're not yeah. going to listen to me. He, he warns Joshua. If you mm -hmm. go in, you don't mm -hmm. completely do what you're told. Here's what's going to happen. And it exactly does. what he says and it happens. Does happen. He warns David. He warns Solomon. He warns king after king. Mm -hmm. If this is what's going to happen, what I'm amazed by is that we miss that we've been warned. Mm -hmm. So all through Scripture, God has said, "Here is what the word of the Lord says." 
I want you to know. Mm -hmm. I want I you to, to avoid it. Mm -hmm. I want you to avoid the trouble that's coming. And I want my people to, that's why Simeon knows. That's why Anna knows. Mm -hmm. That's why Mary knows who yeah. Jesus is yes. because God warned them. Here's come. The wrath of God is upon you, but there's a savior who's coming. Mm -hmm. And I sit here in 2023 with Romans says without an excuse, mm -hmm. because I've been warned that the wrath of God is on us. Mm -hmm. The only reason the wrath of God is not on me is because the blood of Christ is on me. Mm -hmm. And that another baby mm -hmm. mentioned by name mm -hmm. came. Before he got here. <laughs> came and, not just and, and, and came Mary, and was the son Isaiah of God. Isaiah mentions his name. Uh, different ones back here. Isaiah about causing salvation, but the word is Jesus. Mm -hmm. All the way through, we're, we're told who's going to come. But this is one of those, here we are. It's like time... At before Jesus came, honestly, historically, time is measured by these events. Mm -hmm. This Babylonian kingdom and this Persian kingdom that will arise, time is measured that way. Mm -hmm. And we're right at the end of that nation of Israel for a while mm -hmm. because God is not done with them yet. But we're right at the end of their story because after Josiah, who we're about to read mm -hmm. about, then three of his children, three of his sons, reigned for just a couple years, not anything at all. Some of them months. All of them wicked. Judgment has come. Judgment continues to come. come in. It's and then, over. And then we end. We actually end Chronicles. And I don't know. Maybe that's getting too far ahead. But doesn't Chronicles actually end with? And Cyrus says it's time to go back. Yep. So the last, the very last verse in the book of Second Chronicles says, "Thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia: All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me." And he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem. Yeah. So we're already, I mean, right. when we get to the end of Chronicles, after we get through all the kings that are named and mentioned, they don't have any kings now. They have, they For don't have 70 a, years, they're in captivity. There is no mm -hmm. kingdom. There is nothing but vassals. Mm -hmm. Somebody that somebody else controls puppet kings in that territory, including Josiah's sons. Josiah is the last ray of hope. And God chooses through him to paint a picture mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. He, mm -hmm. he chooses through him to show you what the real king coming is going to do. And they're still looking for that right? real king when Cyrus is given the... So Cyrus is the yeah. one that after they come out of captivity, captivity I'm sorry, says, go build it. Yeah. Go build the stuff. And that's when we get Nehemiah and we get those mm -hmm. guys going out to do that. So it's it's interesting to me, and I don't want to skip Josiah because I think he's one of the ones that's I don't, worthy I of a whole lot. He of, is worthy because it's a picture you need to see mm -hmm. of what Jesus what Jesus is going to do, what it's all about, and how much better he is than he, the picture. The the picture is a good king and a young king and a heart that's dedicated to God, but not like Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ, he and the Father are one. He did, the, he did the express will of the Father. I mean, it's, the parallels in this story, I want you to see how and big how Jesus he is. Got, and, how he get, mm -hmm. and how he gets accomplished what he gets accomplished, mm -hmm. I think is an amazing thing, too, to watch. Because he's, he doesn't do much. He takes the reign, takes the throne at eight years old, but he doesn't do much till he's 16 and 26. And he starts to... He takes the, the reins at mm -hmm. eight years old on the heel of an idiot. Mm -hmm. His dad is a rebellious horrible, idol-worshiping idiot. And Josiah walks on the stage at eight when his father dies. And it doesn't say anything about this guy. It doesn't say anything about him, I don't think, having a priest to raise him or anything. It it's doesn't just, say he does. But he Someone's must have told something. him something. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Someone has to, God has provided somewhere. Or maybe Grandpa Hezekiah had a little bit of influence Hezekiah on him. Hezekiah died, I think at 24, it says, if I read mm-hmm. my notes right, that's when Josiah is born to his father Ammon. So, no, Hezekiah would be gone. Hezekiah would be gone. Mm-hmm. But somehow he knows, and somehow God's guiding him, because this verse number two says, and, and lots of these, not lots of these, but some of the kings, it would say that he did right in the mm-hmm. eyes of the Lord, and it'll say that, or they, they walked in integrity, or but they'll say not with their whole heart or with their whole heart. Mm-hmm. But he's the first one that I've seen this phrase where it says that he walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor the left, which that declined kind of stumbled, I stumbled over declined, Refused to turn aside, like he the course. he refused to be distracted, and again that makes me think of Jesus. I mm-hmm. think of Jesus if you read Luke chapter two and you have that wonderful scene in Bethlehem. But before chapter two ends, you have a twelve-year-old Jesus sitting in the temple, right, and he is teaching doctors of the law. He's teaching the wisest of the wise mm-hmm. in Israel. His mom and dad have lost him. And he's sitting there teaching his mom, how could you treat us like that? Why would you let us worry? And Jesus said, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? In other words, I'm not to the right. I'm not to the left. I'm I'm doing what I'm put here to do. And and you see that that Mm pre-story in the book of Josiah. He did not... Have you ever seen that other in any king we've read about? So uh, I've seen some decline that, neither to the right hand to the nor to the mm-hmm. left. No. Now before He's we on a mission. before we go into thirty four, I just want to say a couple of things about Manasseh because I read this once a long time ago and I remember doing this and thinking, oh, he's the bad guy. He's this awful. But then he falls into captivity, and he gets to, to the come Assyrians. Back. He gets to come back and. He repents. Mm-hmm. He's dragged away I by think, the nose with a hook and into the land think, of Assyria. Yes, that's the one. And when he gets there, as low down as he can be, he cries out to God and God hears, hears him, him and yes. restores him to power and brings him back. And, and I and remember thinking a few years back when I was when I came across that and got that, I thought, you know, God forgave him. Sure he did. But he does. Yeah. And, and we like to think that God has certain things he can and can't forgive. He does what he wants when he wants to. And he forgave, maybe, I don't know, he just forgives Manasseh because it says he turns to him and he humbled himself. He recognizes that God is God and all this other stuff. And then he tries to undo some of the stuff that he's done. And then his son wrecks it. And then his son comes along behind him. That's the part I was trying, that's the part it's like, you know, after a while when you read through all these chapters, you kind of get annoyed for lack of better words, but you get annoyed with he does good and then his son does bad and you, he has, suffers all these things and then the next guy doesn't do good either. And you think, how, what's it take to learn? You know, and then I think, well, how stupid am I? Because isn't that what we do every day? You know, how long does it take us to learn that God is sovereign? He is God. He is His ways work, whether we like that or not. What he says he means, whether we like that or not. It's not something over here that's just a myth and a fable and, you know, we can just take so it or leave it. If your desire then is to be a person like Josiah who declined neither to the right hand or the left but stayed where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. here's the proof of it, verse 3. Verse 3 says the reason we know, mm-hmm. four, the mm-hmm. reason we know that he did Jesus. not, he wasn't interested in being distracted or turning aside into other things but For fulfilling the, the will year, of God. So the eighth year of his reign when he'd be 16 years old, while he was yet young, 
He began to seek after the God of David, his father. Stop right there. And that's it. That's okay, what it stopped. Okay, so, so how do I know what you intend to do is stay in the will of God? Because the first thing Josiah wants is God himself. Mm -hmm. It's not restoration of the kingdom. It's not restoration of power. It's not military might. It's not riches. It's not it's honor. Not the first thing Josiah seeks is God himself. The God of David I'm trying father. to figure out mm -hmm. who David's God is. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out who this God is that I want to serve. That's step number one. I think that's so, amazing to know. So here's, here's so here, I know I'm that nerd person. So this is verse three of chapter 34. In the eighth year of his reign, which makes him 16 years old, and that says he, he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the 12th year, which would be, he would now be 20 years old, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on high above them, he cut down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images he break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And here it is. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. Exactly what Jeroboam was told in in First Kings, two hundred and some years, fifty some years. I think it's a little bit more now, but two hundred ish, almost three hundred years before, um, he told him, "This is what this is what this the man of God told him. This altar that you're creating, that you're so proud of." will be turned into idol worship and the, a man of God by the name of Josiah is going to come and the priests who do this idol worship will be burnt on this altar. And that's what he did. This is going to seem like I'm making light of something very serious and I'm not. But I know a lot of young people right now that are in my family, people that I love around me and around my kids. And they're interesting to watch. When they get, he's between 8 and 12, when they mm -hmm. get in that preteen and teenage they're interesting to watch and I remember being that age I'm one of the few adults who remembers being a knucklehead <laughs> and being a teenager I, I have not I forgotten and thinking do. I was always cool mm -hmm. but I can remember that you have to you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're trying to do so for a while I think almost in everybody's life and I'm not making light of this but you try on all these things and you and, and am I a, a museum am I a musician am I an artist am I a sports person am I a, a book person well like don't I'm not making light of this. I'm not taking I'm really it. not it's but true. I'm just trying to you're trying to figure out mm -hmm. what it all means and so you start or I started a thousand and one different hobbies because that looks cool and I want to do that and that looks nice and I could and I and you get buried I, I you I know you remember my bedroom yes. <laughs> buried in things mm -hmm. buried in interests and buried in things and overwhelmed with the stuff that's all around you think I'm just trying to figure out what it is that I am good at. that mm -hmm. I'm gonna be that I'm gonna but then when a, when a person dedicates their life to Christ like Josiah he sought the Lord and like when sure. you figure out when I when I became a Christian there's a whole lot of things that were great or fine ideas that I don't care about at all. Never mm -hmm. picked up again, never looked at again, mm -hmm. never worried whether I'm into R&B or rap or... Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Because all of a sudden, there's a purge. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it mean out. that you can't enjoy anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a purge in your life for all the meaningless, worthless mm -hmm 
wastes of time that you've mm -hmm. gathered around yourself because you found the greatest thing there ever was. And there's a focus that comes into your life. Like he said, not to the right hand, not to the left. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, okay, so I, he seeks the Lord for these four years. Mm -hmm. I just want to know God. And the closer he gets to God, the more he realizes what needs to go. Mm -hmm. Here's what's in my kingdom that my dad there. was for, right? Yep. And his dad was for, for a while. Mm -hmm. And these things are a waste of time. They are an affront to God. Mm -hmm. They're not who Israel is. They're not who Judah is. He's mm -hmm. king of Judah. Mm -hmm. They're not who we are. It's time to go mm -hmm. and to get focused. Mm -hmm. So I love that it's like you seek him first. And then comes the perch. And, and you know, and, and I mean, what would it be nice? That's if funny we could if you know my kids because there's a thing about purge where you go out and kill everybody on video games. But but <laughs> no, but the purge he's about killing that. about is all these things of the flesh that are not helping you get there. They're not helping you get closer. They're not why he put you here to do. Josiah has found what he's been looking for. Mm -hmm. And he finds it young. Thank mm -hmm. God for people who come to the Lord young. Mm -hmm. I mean, I and are focused I, on him. I had a conversation with somebody that I think the world of and very talented in music and very, very good at learning stuff. And I said, boy, one of these days, wouldn't it be awesome if I could say I knew you when you're a famous gospel singer? And that person said, well, that ain't going to happen. And I said, why not? Mm -hmm. Where do you think you've got all that talent from? Yeah. Where do you, why is it so hard to not think about, you know, I think that's what Josiah does. He has, somehow he has figured out when things were good and when things were bad. Because you got to admit, when you get back through these kings, if you even just knew the history of, of what they've been through, He's got a lot of examples to see what happens when you don't do the right thing and what and what the prophets have said. When Jesus comes, the nonsense and the noise and the garbage of our lives. Be gone. Yeah, they need to be gone. You know what I mean? And when he comes into your life, there's a similar thing. The closer you draw to him, the more fulfillment you find in him. Mm -hmm. The less draw mm -hmm. all the other things have. Because they can't even compare. Mm -mm. But not only that, he he is representing the fact that Jesus is going to judge this emptiness, mm -hmm. this idolatry, this garbage. This is not a pretty picture if you see bones burning on the altar. No, of people. These are people. These are somebody's children, right? And these, by the way, when he does these wrong. things, and, and we mm -hmm. can read it, we can read all the verses, or we can... But what these verses talk about is he did not only do this in the southern kingdom, he did, he did this, this in the northern same. kingdom. Mm -hmm. On those very same altars that Josiah built, mm -hmm. the bones of these false prophets that have led these people to hell mm -hmm. are burnt. Are burnt, yep. And their ashes are spread on the graves. Can you imagine, like, I mean, we went places before, and you see cemeteries. You know, this is a Baptist cemetery. This is a Methodist cemetery. This is a Catholic cemetery. They had priests of Baal cemeteries. That's what it says in here. And he takes these ashes, this deadness, this emptiness, this waste, and he spreads it over top of those tombstones mm -hmm. and says, to death goes death. Mm -hmm. to, to those who brought death to the soul of Israel, there's the death mm -hmm. laying on top. It's it's a picture that's incredible to think about. Mm -hmm. The fact that that he is showing you and is exactly what how happens. Christ feels about that. It happens in the book of Revelation. Exactly That's exactly what happens. what happens there. Because this is a picture. Because it is a picture. He takes this last king's, this is the last real king. The rest mm -hmm. are puppets. The rest are puppets. The last real king 
shows you what up. Christ the King is going mm -hmm. to do with all the nonsense mm -hmm. that we worship, mm -hmm. with all the nonsense that's taken us away from him. What I wish I knew how to get across in a good way, what I wish I had the words to say the right way, is this is, we say this about him being young and doing this, but if we're not careful as people who have been Christians for a while, every so often we need to clean up and purge and get rid of those. We need to take stock of what we've got going on and what are we thinking about? What are we doing and how did we get here and why are we doing this? We ought not be just blindly going by thinking, oh, well, God's blessed me. This is good. I can do this. I can get by. Every now and then, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be daily, but every now and then at least, as of somebody who's been in church a long time, we need to take stock of where we are, what are we doing, why are we doing it, and we need to clean out. We need to purge out our abundance. We've got an abundance of things that occupy our time, will take us away from God. I've, there's people that I love dearly right now that are so wrapped up in themselves and in their situations that they don't see that they're not, they're not even, you know, I'm tokenly doing something for God, but put him, don't go from the right or the left, put him right here and build around that. I wish I knew how to say that well. I wish that didn't sound offensive or bigoted or whatever it sounds like, but I think that's when God blesses us is when we decide, like Josiah, this king says, I'm not going to go to the right or the left. I'm going to stick with God, and then we'll see what happens. So verse 3 says the eighth year of his reign. He was eight when he started, so that's 16. Mm -hmm. and then then when, when, he, when he cuts down all these groves and he burns these bones of the priests upon the altars and, on, and what we just talked about, that's 12 years from his reign. So mm -hmm. that's 20. And then now we have repairing the year. house of the Lord is the 18th. 18 plus 6 is what? 26. 24. Right? 18 and 8. 6. 18. He started at 8. He started at 8. Sorry. I was saying 6. Eight okay. 26. 26. So now he's 26, 26 years old. old. And what's he doing now? It says now, verse 8, now in the 18th year of his reign when he had purged the land. So he's been purging the land since he was been 20. He had done it now. Right. In the eighth it's year done. and then four years later. So when he's uh -huh. twenty from 20 to 26 years old, he's purged the land. Of idol worship and mm -hmm. false gods. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land of the, and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azila, uh, and the governor of the city, and Joab, the son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. Do you realize how many times we've read that verse? We got to repair the house. We keep repairing the house, right? Okay, we got to so get rid of the bad stuff. We had all our attention divided, all of the other places. Now that our attention is no longer divided, mm -hmm. let's value what we value. Let's put our money where we say our heart is, where mm -hmm. our mouth is, where we say we believe, and let's repair this house of God. It's been torn down by what? Everything. Putting idols in the holies of holies. Yes, putting, that's what Manasseh Offering did. sacrifices to false gods in the temple. Don't forget, don't forget. And now it has to be redone. in the temple mm -hmm. and witchcraft is in the temple and all that stuff. It's very this, tolerant. In this place where... It's yes, very ecumenical. In this place All these where, things are happening absolutely. in this building. And, oh. and he's like, no, 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 no. Out. This has to be repaired. This is broken and sick. Mm -hmm. It has to be healed. He, and that's not a small thing. But he thing. got there from what? Seeking God. But that's Wanting not, to know God. That's not a small thing. Mm -mm. Because if you start repairing the church and you get back on track... There 2023, the church needs to be repaired. We do. 
I heard 2023, I the church needs repaired. It, it needs, needs clean. It needs cleaned. Mm -hmm. It needs rededicated. It needs to be back where it's supposed to be mm -hmm. in the order it's supposed to be in. And you're going to find it out just from the story how it has to be done because mm -hmm. it's how it had to be done here. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and when they, verse 9, and when they came to Hokiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered at the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim. And all of the remnant of Israel and all of Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. So everybody contributed. And they give it to the workers and they start rebuilding. And they put it in the hand of the workmen, verse 10. If you want to skip to 14, you can Lord. do that. So what they do is they start and they bringing the in the work. money and doing that. And this is my favorite part. Though. Not only that, I do have to mention, I didn't want to jump too fast. The same old singer's families, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Asaph and Judges' family, again. while they're doing the work, who's doing the music? The same old family mm -hmm. people got appointed of the Levites are there to do it. But go, there go ahead some and skip work to here, 14. But the, I, it says the men that did the work were faithful and it names them all. The Kohathites. Uh -huh. Same old ones. The same, and same the family. Levites. It didn't change. He yeah. had to get it back to what it was before. Yep. Um, and then it says in verse 14, and I love this. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book <laughs> of the law of the Lord given by Moses. It's in the temple. They don't even use it. It's lost. It's, they found it. Because it's been used for everything else. I, I, I think there's probably, I don't mean this as hateful as it sounds. There's probably a lot of churches in the United States of America who've lost the scripture. All they need is get that the what, what's mm -hmm. being preached and what's being taught is what sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And that's the danger. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the book, you don't know. And you substitute what si sounds good, mm -hmm. you're no different than the prophets of Baal that he whose bones burn on those altars mm -hmm. because you're not saying what God would have you to say. It may look prettier and sound better, but it's just as empty and it's just as dead. Mm -hmm. And they just now found the word of the Lord. They found and until priest. you find the word of but the Lord, you don't even know how far off you are. This is Hilkiah, the priest, Just found, found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And I love this part. How long has it been And missing? Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Duh. Well, and Hilkiah evidently it's not been used for quite some Shaphan. time. And, and Shaphan, it doesn't tell you exactly They're though. probably using. They're probably using uh, devotionals. They're probably using mm -hmm. words of the day <laughs> or somebody's great inspirational letter. But what they needed was the word of God because it's the only thing that lasts forever and ever and ever. In heaven, it'll still be there because you know why? It's Christ. It will pass away. The says. word of God is Jesus Christ himself. Yep. He is the word. It's not going anywhere. You can't change it. I would advise Christians who don't enjoy the word of God, get to know it really well because you're going to spend eternity with it if you're saved. Mm -hmm. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. And he you've got to know word. that. And, and there's parts that are scary. There are parts that are Wrathful. fearful. There are parts that he's angry. God yes. is angry. But there are also parts of great love and justice and fairness. And you have to take it all. You can't just pick and choose what you like. In verse 16, And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Oh. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. That's what... Mm -hmm. That's what reading the Word of God does. It absolutely does. People say, I love to read the Word of God. It brings me comfort. Me too. Mm -hmm. Especially those parts in red. Mm -hmm. It brings me comfort. 
But before the word of God can bring me comfort, the word of God had to break me in half. Mm -hmm. It had to make me do exactly, exactly what Josiah did right there when he hears it. And he is in mourning. He rips his clothes. Now he's been doing he's what he in thinks mourning. the right He's thing. been seeking him. He's been, he's been restoring. Right. He has. He's been tearing down things. But you can't hear the perfect word of the Lord and not know how imperfect, mm -hmm. imperfect mm -hmm. you are and how far from the goal you are. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he did. He says, we're undone. We're and he undone. says, not only that, the wrath of God is upon us. And it's upon us because he warned us and we did it anyway. Over and over and over and over. What he hears in the word of the law are all the warnings we talked about at the beginning of this broadcast and more. And he says, we've been told God didn't make it a secret. He didn't keep it from us and we're guilty. Mm -hmm. Now what do we do? Verse 21, go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. And if you remember, Moses in Deuteronomy puts all this stuff in a book just for this reason. People so they say, wouldn't forget. Well, they couldn't have done what the Lord told them to do in that book because that would mean they'd have to be perfect. That's not what the book says. The book doesn't never required them to be perfect. It required them to seek God and to obey his commandments and to have a place to go when they messed them up mm -hmm. right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's not that they were keeping the law to be saved, but they were keeping the law because they were trusting God to save. And they're looking for that and Messiah. And they're looking for that Messiah. But what he says is we didn't do anything Any we were supposed mm -hmm. to do. And we know that. And we're guilty. Because as we talk through these chapters, as we've been in this book, these two books for, for last forever, that's what we keep saying. They're supposed to know this. There's a, where's the priest? Where's the guy? Why does the priest not know where this book is? How did we get that far away from God that the people who are supposed to be teaching them about God doesn't even know where the book is? Yeah, but not everybody's forgotten what the Word of God says because verse 22. Because here we come with Jeremiah somewhere. Um, no, that's true. So verse 22 and this will offend a lot of people, but Be I'm sorry. Be offended by the word of God then. Because the word of God says this. This is what's here. And Hilkiah and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Hasara, uh, Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. <laughs> now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And you know what she, a keeper of the wardrobe is? Priest things. Because they meant something, mm -hmm. right? Her daddy uh -huh. was the one who knew how to dress the high priest mm -hmm. and knew what all those things were about. And how it was supposed to be done. Right. And, what it was and then it says they go to her because she knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. This is the one whose job, her, her family's job, was to know what it was about. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And she's at the college there, someone who they respect. And they admire and they say, you know what? We don't. We just found the book. We forgot what the book says. Let's ask her. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. <laughs> what is the book all about? What would God have us to do? And you know what? I I hate this part because everybody gets all offended, but this woman does her job. You're going to have to take the whole right? word of God, not just the part you like. Right. And this is and in there. This is in there. And she does her job. And verse 23 says, And she answered them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me. Thus saith the Lord, Not what I say, not what I think, but here's what the and word says. And a lightning says. bolt went straight through her head because a woman said, Thus saith the Lord. No, that's no. not what it says. Tell the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah. 
because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. And as for the king of Judah, which is this Josiah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say to him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardst this word against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humbled yourself before me, and did rend thy clothes, and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place, and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. Yes. Do you remember in your life, and, and I'm asking you personally questions here, but do you remember the moment that you, you'd sat in church your whole life, you'd been in church your whole life, you loved the church mm -hmm. your whole life. Whole life. But do you remember the moment when you realized the wrath of God was upon you? Mm-hmm. When it when sunk it, in. When it finally hits and you realize when that it sunk I in, can't do Okay, if, if I stand before God, like I'm this. eternally lost. Yep. I can remember when that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not just the good one. Mm -hmm. I'm not just the one everybody loves. I'm the one who's the wrath of God is on me. Unless and if I, I don't find right. a way out of here, if I don't find a way to get out of that path of the right, I'm utterly destroyed. I'm mm -hmm. utterly undone. And in just exactly like this prophetess speaks to him, the Holy Spirit speaks to that person and says, it is, the Bible says, a broken heart and a contrite spirit I will in no wise cast out. He says, come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Just exactly the same way. He says, because your heart is tender and because you grieve that sin and you 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 understand that the wrath of God is deserved. Yes. Because you get that. He says, I heard you. And isn't that wonderful? I heard you. And not only that, think about that. The wrath of God is coming to this place. It is. People, I've heard people say just this week, I heard them talking about the fact that the, the people that believe that there's going to be a return of Jesus Christ, they are crazy. People who believe that this earth is going to end one day, they're crazy. Crazy or not, it's in the Word of God, just like every other thing that we talk about that we like in the Word of God. You said you can't pick and choose. The return of God and the judgment on this earth, his wrath, is a sure thing. But I'm not going to see it. Josiah didn't see it, and I'm not going to see it. No, nope. Because he heard me. Mm -hmm. When I humbled myself and Either said, through death or the rapture, I'm guilty, I won't be he here. heard me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And, and he, just like he did this king, that's what he did for me. Well, that's why I made the point about some of these prophecies being made 250 years or plus before they happened. We can't even keep our history straight because we don't want our history to say X, Y, Z. So we don't. We've also lost the books. We've lost the books. Yeah, we've changed we've lost the books. Mm -hmm. We've put them away. We've forgotten what God's done and how he's blessed and how he's prospered and how he's loved and how he's had mercy and how we've had mm -hmm. to repent mm -hmm. and how we've had. You know, our country's had what the, the historians great awakenings. We've had two. Mm -hmm. Some people say we're on the verge of a third. Some people say we'll never have a third before the Lord returns. We'll see. But in those times of great mm -hmm. awakening, preachers rose up in the United States and great revivals took place. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about that. No, because we don't we, want we've preachers lost that rising book. up. Mm -hmm. We've lost that book. 
where the nation was turned from destruction by the word of God and by repentance. How God heard people who sincerely sought him and said, you know what, we deserve your judgment. Have mercy on us. And God heard Mm -hmm. and did not bring his judgment and his wrath upon them. We we forget this, Mm -hmm. just like they forget this. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean... Yeah, and that was my point when I started. When the king is good and his son is bad and the next king good, it's not just the king. Mm -hmm. The king, the perfect king is coming. He's coming. But the people... Just because yeah. this king decided to put it away mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there the weren't people, people still stuff. going, sneaking around mm-hmm. and doing what they, because the heart of the people is still doing what they want to do, what they like to do, without with any consolation to what the word of God says. Here, he's, this prophetess basically says, it's going to happen. She's not saying anything new. And she says multiple times, the word of the Lord. This is from God himself. The Lord God of Israel. This is what he said. The Lord says. You know, she's, she's, and she's subject to that same penalty. If it doesn't happen, she can be killed, right? She's, it's the same. She's a prophet. She's a prophetess. It can do the same thing. Which just means she says what God would have her to say. That's it. That's all that. That's not a, ooh, she's something. She says what God would have her Just like say. any other prophet does. Just like any other human being that's filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who speaks what God would have them to say. Right? Mm-hmm. So then it says, I mean, if, we're getting close on time, but I just want to like sum up this last little section. Mm-hmm. When he hears the word of God and he repents, he's given this glorious bit of grace, this glorious mercy mm-hmm. that just shines on this, this scene of destruction that's coming on them. He cannot keep that to himself, and neither can you. Mm-hmm. So if you've been born again, you, you are not going to see the wrath of God. He's promised that. You're mm-hmm. not appointed under wrath. But how could you ever keep that to yourself? And what he, he does is he gathers all the people, all the leaders, mm-hmm. all the heads, all the people, and he reads the whole book. He, he, he has it read in front of the people, and they also mourn and repent and put mm-hmm. on sackcloth. They hear the word of the Lord. He shares that with the people who will gather and hear. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the consolation of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Which Jesus mm-hmm. is going to do. Mm-hmm. This doesn't just take a revival in Judah. It's also into the Israel. northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. This news is spread that, hey, we found the book and here's what it mm-hmm. says. And here's what you need to be aware of that God mm-hmm. is going to do. And that's the end of his story is in the next chapter, which we're probably going to talk about next week when he observes the Passover. But just... Before we even talk about this Passover and how that's going to be a picture of Christ later on, I want you to think about how many Passovers they've celebrated and how many times that they've done it, that it was like it is with you guys. We're getting ready to go into Christmas, and I know there's a bunch of people, you know, there's controversy about Christmas. Is it the right time? Is it celebrating false things? We're putting too many garbage things in it. Is it pagan? Is it Christian? Okay, how many Christmases in your life have just been on the right hand or on the left? Have not been a celebration of the greatest gift that God ever gave us and a dedication to make more people aware of who he is and a a rededication Mm -hmm. of thanksgiving to him and honor to him. How many things have just been, and you kind of like you get into your traditions and what do we start saying? We're saying it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm so tired, I'm so busy, I'm so, you make your blessing a burden. There's a place in, in the last book of the first. Bible, mm-hmm. in the book of Malachi, he says, your offerings have, they make me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. 
That's what God says. They make me want to vomit. Because you come to the temple, and this is just something you have to do. It doesn't really, mean anything to you. Yeah. What you bring is garbage. You don't bring gratitude. You don't bring... You, you don't come here to get closer to me like Josiah decided to seek God. Mm -hmm. You just come here out of habit. This is just something that you do, and this is this time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, this, yeah. And it's and and this is where they are. I mean, mm -hmm. that's Malachi is going to be mm -hmm. after they come back and do the same thing again. But it's this idea of it's just one more thing I've got to do that's a hassle. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. if if you feel that way, don't do the gifts this year. Be better not to. That's what he says in Malachi. Be better you didn't bring sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Then you do it, it like then. this. Don't don't do the gifts. Don't do the tree. Don't do. But do seek the Lord. Do focus on mm -hmm. the greatest thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. This Passover, when Josiah keeps it, I know I'm sorry, jumping ahead to what we're no, going to talk about no, next week. Right. But this Passover he keeps is real to him because he just realized what he, he escaped. He read the book. And what he'd been given grace from. He's read the grace book twice because he reads it. Well, they have it read it to him. And then he, and then he reads it to the yeah. people. So he's read that book he twice in a short amount of time. So Passover all of a sudden is not one more thing you do that's a hassle. Mm -hmm. Passover is the wrath of God is going to pass over me because the blood of the lamb is on my door. Mm -hmm. Right? So I put God first. That is literally, I know that's Easter, but that's also Christmas. Mm -hmm. Because God sent his son, right? Mm -hmm. The wrath of God has no place here. It doesn't abide on me. Mm-hmm. That's and right. I'm not appointed to his wrath. Right. So if that's all I do this Christmas, just get myself right. Is to God. thank him for that and praise him for that and tell my family about that. Mm -hmm. That'd be better to do that and leave the rest undone. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's the yes. thing. And and my daughter tells me that I need to have a question that I present to you guys that are listening, and that is my question. My question, and I would love for you to answer it because if you answer it. Liv, if they put it in the comments and all that kind of stuff, other people will be able to get see it too, right? And, and hear it and good ideas. But what are you doing this Christmas to make it not a hassle, but make it real? To make it what not to the left hand or the right hand, but exactly what God would like you to see in the fact that he gave his son. How are you going to make it? How are you going to make it meaningful to you? Mm -hmm. And leave some kind of... and and. Leave him, leave your mark here. What Josiah found out was when it was meaningful to him, he couldn't help but make it meaningful to everybody else. And it also if says, you start the other way, I just want to say this one thing: if you start with, "I'm going to make it meaningful to my kids," but it's not gotten meaningful to you, it won't work. Mm -mm. What are you going to do this Christmas to make it mean something to you? If it means something to you, everybody around it, you is going to get it. Know that. Mm -hmm. So, what is something you can do to take the focus back? away from all the garbage, away from everything that needs to be purged out. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't do all the things you want to do. I'm just saying putting your focus back on what it's all about and the fact that we have received grace from God because we've humbly sought him. And here's the, here's right? the last verse of chapter 34. It says, And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertained to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord and the God of their fathers. Mm -hmm. He made a difference. It's he not changed. superficial. No, he changed it's, something. When you realize that you personally have been saved, not not some big ethereal idea, mm -hmm. but you personally have been saved from the wrath of God, it, does it will change you. Mm -hmm. It'll change everything. And I will I will add here just for 
I was probably supposed to say this also. We do have an email now for this, battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. Any of your questions or comments, feel free to share, even any of them. You know, we're just trying to believe what Scripture says, and that's all we're doing is saying what the Bible actually says. We also have a place that you can find us on Addison Free Will Baptist Church on the on YouTube, so or and Facebook. But I'd like to hear that too because I'd like to share those. On, I would too. I would like to share those. So and maybe with our Sunday school else. and with the Bible mm-hmm. study we do, I'd like to share those things that put the focus back on Christ, that that put the focus back on worship. Mm-hmm. And you say, well. Christmas isn't even the day we're supposed to do that. Every day you're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I can safely say that so we I, can use Christmas to do that and this time to do that because you're always supposed to be. Every day. Thankful to God. The Lord is and, our strength. And, spreading and, are, and are we joyous? I mean, I, I like what you said because I've been there where you're just so tired and there's so much going on mm-hmm. and you got to do this. And All the other buy things. That. All those and things that you had to get it. rid of. And here's one of the things Rick used to say. If I have to get a present because you got a present... For me, well, that's, not, that's a not a gift. That's a, a an obligation, and that's mm-hmm. not what this is supposed to be. So how I love we... how that he tells them. He tells them in Exodus. He tells them in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. He tells them later on under the judges. When it, he doesn't want the gift, you feel obligated to give. No, he wants, he wants the gift gives. that you feel so much thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so much overwhelming at the goodness of God mm-hmm. that you can't wait to give to God. Mm-hmm. Just something that says thank you. Right? That's it. And th- and that's really, wouldn't that be a better Christmas than wouldn't the ones it? we've had in the past where we've it's all been about And I'm not saying don't buy gifts. I'm I, not either. I love to buy gifts either. for people that, you know, when you want to bless somebody else. I think but that's But I'd rather awesome. you not buy them if you're, not got if you're going to miss party. it, mm-hmm. if you're going to miss what it is. And, and what it is is you can't ever give anything to compare to this gift. No. This is what the, this is where the joy is and mm-hmm. the peace is. Mm-hmm. I was going to say about peace. We'll talk about it next week. But mm-hmm. but the peace is a wonderful thing. The peace of God. Don't don't let me forget mm-hmm. next I week. Won't. But I would love for you in the comments just to say how do you refocus your heart and mind on just the joy and the thanksgiving of your salvation? Wrath of God is not on you. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank you, God. Thank you for joining us. Keep your Bibles open. Hopefully, we'll finish up Second Chronicles next week. Um, we'll be, we've got a Christmas play getting ready to go on. We've got, we did the parade today and we had so much fun with the parade. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everybody who worked so hard. And on I'm that. so proud of our young people. They did an amazing I am too. job They today. did an amazing job going out and being with, their, being with a people witness. they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job. So keep your Bibles open. Stay battle ready. You've been listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what we studied today, or if you'd like to send us a message, you can email us at battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. You can also find more information on our website, www.addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash battlereadybiblestudy. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says.